If you would, turn your attention here in Matthew 6 to verse 2. Jesus says, Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, that they may be seen by men. Verse 16. And moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much that you are the God who hears. That when we cry out from our hearts, from the depths of our souls, when we simply come to you to spend time with you and talk to you and, and, and share with you the things that are on our hearts, we, we thank you, God, that they, they don't fall upon deaf ears, but you hear us, that you respond as a father to his children. And Lord, I pray today as we consider this privilege of fasting, that you would do a work in our hearts today, that you would inspire us, that you would create within us today a greater appetite for seeking after you. And so we give you this time now in Jesus' name, amen. Today we are talking about fasting. And I hope today, my hope is that as we talk about this, that, that you might see this in a new way, that you maybe would gain a fresh perspective on this privilege of fasting. My prayer is that you would be inspired to make fasting a normal part of your walk with Jesus. You know, fasting has been called a spiritual discipline, but did you know that fasting is not commanded for believers at all in the New Testament? But having said that, from our text, we can see that Jesus saw fasting as being a normal part in the life of his followers, along with charitable deeds and, and prayer. Notice in our text, Jesus doesn't say, if you pray, and if you give, and if you fast. He says, when you do these things, this is to be your approach, don't do it like the hypocrites who want to be seen by men. You know, we could say that as breathing is a normal part of living, so giving and praying and fasting are to be a normal part of those who have been made alive in Jesus. But having said that, an interesting fact is that many believers never fast. And I think the reason for this is that they don't understand what fasting is really for, or how to do it, or what the benefits are of fasting. And my hope is that, that if you are at all confused about that, that that would be cleared up today. 
And I want to start off by giving you a very simple definition of what fasting is about. Fasting is about feasting on God. That's the big idea that we're going to circle around today. That fasting is about feasting on God. Fasting is more about focus than about food. Fasting is about feasting, drawing near to God, feasting on God. You see, fasting is not a means for seeking God's blessing. It's a means for seeking God himself. Fasting is a way to put ourselves into a situation of moderate deprivation, moderate discomfort in order to practice for a period of time being sustained directly and joyfully by God himself through prayer and through his word. You see, fasting is about growing your spiritual appetite for God. Think of it this way. I have always been a snacker. I love to snack. And when I was a kid, I would often sneak snacks before dinner. If my mom made a plate of cookies, for example, I would take two or three of them. I would sneak them off the plate and eat them. Now, if my mom saw me, she would say, hey, don't eat those cookies because they're going to spoil your appetites. How many of you say that to your kids, right? Here's what's interesting. When I was a kid, no matter what I ate before dinner, it never, ever spoiled my appetite because I ate like a horse. I mean, if you're talking burgers, I would eat the equivalent of two double-doubles animal style, two fries, and a strawberry shake. I'd eat a whole pepperoni pizza all by myself, a whole large And what's interesting, I never, ever had a weight issue because I was so active. And so I never, ever, you know, nothing ever spoiled my appetites. It's crazy how much I ate. And all you young people that are here listening, enjoy it now. (laughs) Because once you hit somewhere between 25 and 30, everything changes. No matter what I ate before a meal, it never spoiled my appetite. But that's not the case today. I can barely eat one double-double animal style and, and French fries. And if I throw in a shake, man, I'm, it's, I'm over the top. I mean, it's just, it's just awful, awful. It's depressing. The inside of my stomach has shrunk. And the outside of my stomach has gotten bigger. <laughs> Go figure. It's horrible. So now if I snack before dinner, it does spoil my appetite. So I have to be very strategic about how and what I'm going to eat. Now, I'll admit, I do have a sweet tooth. So when it comes to big holidays like Thanksgiving, this is my strategy. This is what I do. I always scope out the dessert table before dinner. I'm scoping out, you know, what awesome desserts have been made for us as we gather for our meal because I have to make a a strategic decision about what I'm going to say no to in the main table. 
Okay, so I'm going to say no to stuffing because it stuffs you, right? So that I can say yes to pie, all right? So I have to be very, very strategic. Now, some of you are thinking, I thought, Pastor Rob, you were talking about fasting. All this talk about food is making me hungry. Well, I am. But again, the idea is growing your spiritual appetite for God. So I have one more analogy. Bear with me. How many here have ever been to Texas Day Brazil, the steak place in, in Carlsbad? Have you, have you ever been there? Am I saying it right? Um, it, it's, okay, this place, we've had a couple of gift cards and we've gone there. It, it's absolutely amazing. It is a carnivore's dream, all right? <laughs> just, just plates and plates of, of steak. They just keep bringing it to your table and, you know, different different types and slices and they just how much ever you want so when the few times that we have gone there i don't eat at breakfast i don't eat lunch i don't eat i don't snack at all that day you know why because i want to be absolutely starving when we get to the restaurant so that i have all the room possible for steak okay Well, that's the premise of fasting. I'm saying no to food. I'm denying my flesh in some way so that I can feast on God. So that I'm hungry for God. That's the premise. That's the goal of spiritual fasting. We fast because we want something more than food or whatever activity we are abstaining from. We fast because we want more of God. And so those times where I would normally feed my flesh, instead, I'm going to feed my spirit by seeking God in prayer and in spending time with him in the word. That's the key to understanding spiritual fasting. Listen, a spiritual fast is not just about missing a couple of meals throughout the day. That's what they call today intermittent fasting, which is very, very popular for losing weight. In fact, I have a friend who only eats dinner. He eats every single day at 6 p.m. It's the only meal he he eats all day long. So he eats at 6 p.m., and he doesn't eat again the next day until 6 p.m. And it has been tremendous for him in losing weight, but it really doesn't do anything for him spiritually. And this is why. You see, in order to skip those meals and deal with his hunger issues, he makes himself really, really busy at work and with other things throughout the day as a distraction. He's too busy to even think about eating. That's the opposite approach of what we want to do when we are fasting spiritually. When we are fasting spiritually, it's not about distracting ourselves from eating. It's about focus. It's about focusing on God instead of eating. The whole point is that I'm going to use the time that I would normally spend in eating, in seeking God. And so I'm going to take that lunch hour, or I'm going to take that that dinner time, or I'm going to take that breakfast time, whatever it might be, and I'm going to use that time where I normally would be feeding my body with food, I'm going to use that time to feast on God, to draw near to God in the Word, 
and through prayer. And here's what happens. The more I deprive myself of physical food and replace it in seeking after God, the more that my appetite for God grows. So fasting is about slowing down and taking extra time in my day or extra time in my week to seek Jesus. And the result of that is I end up developing a greater intimacy with Jesus. And so that's the purpose of fasting. Fasting is feasting on God. Now here's a question that I often get asked about fasting. Does does a fast only have to be about food? Well, in Scripture, whether you're looking at the Old Testament or the New Testament, when it references fasting, it almost always is talking about fasting from food, with one exception. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul mentions where married couples might abstain from sex for a short time. And he makes it very, very clear. He emphasizes a short time, lest you be tempted, in order to seek after God. And so that's really the only exception. So usually when the Bible, it talks about fasting, it's talking about fasting from food. And I think there's a spiritual connection between depriving the flesh in order to seek God because physically we are dependent upon food for life. And so fasting is a way of communicating our spiritual dependence upon God for our spiritual life. But, so fasting almost always in Scripture is in reference to food, but having said that, I do think it can be very appropriate to also fast from other things in order to seek God. In fact, I think for some of us who are older, it it becomes easier to fast from food because we eat less. I would venture to say that a lot of you, like me, it's easy for you to go through the course of a day and skip a meal. That happens to me all the time. I do that all the time. Sometimes it's because I'm fasting. Sometimes it's because I'm too busy. And so it becomes easier. So I know people who will fast from entertainment. That's one of the things in our week of prayer and fasting with fasting from food. I also will fast from you know, any entertainment. And so instead of you know, tuning in at night like my wife and I like to do sometimes and watch a favorite show, we take that time where we're not doing that and we're just spending that time to feast on God and draw near to God. I know others who will fast from social media Whenever they have that urge to scroll, and, and most of us, we, we know how distracting social media can be. I know people who spend hours and hours upon social media, but when you fast from social media, what you're doing is you're replacing that urge to scroll with spending time with Jesus. So fasting is depriving the flesh in some way for the purpose of feasting on God. Drawing near to God in the word and in prayer. Now, is there a set time to do that? No. We, as a church, 
every year take a week in January to fast and pray together. This year, we're actually going to take in the spring and in the fall a couple of weekends where we are going to also fast and pray together. But we set aside that week. But the Bible doesn't lay out any specific time. For the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, they, they fasted leading up to the Day of Atonement. But there, there's no nothing prescribed. Is there a set number of days? Like, do you have to fast? a week or you know no no it's really however the lord leads you and people who fast i know people who fast maybe one meal out of a day i know people that maybe fast one meal out of a day only one time out of the week or it could be two meals or others might take you know one day out of an entire week i know some people who who will take an entire week to fast the idea is whatever works for you knowing that your spiritual appetite is going to grow that your relationship with god is going to be greatly strengthened So fasting is feasting on God. That's the purpose. That's the primary purpose. But there are some benefits to fasting, some other benefits that we see in Scripture. And I want to give you three this morning. If you're taking notes, number one, fasting results in spiritual strength and breakthrough. We actually see this in the life of Jesus. Did you know that Jesus fasted? Now, if the Son of God, when he was a a man living here on earth, needed to fast, how much more should we mortals fast in following his example? Jesus fasted for 40 days leading into the beginning of his public ministry. We read in Matthew chapter 4 that after his baptism, the Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days. And it was there that he had three encounters with the devil, where the devil was tempting him. And there in the life of Jesus, fasting provided him with a source of spiritual strength to resist those attacks of the enemy. You see, in his wilderness fast, Jesus wasn't at his weakest point. He was at his strongest point. In fact, Jesus shows us in his example how fasting is feasting on God. Remember the first temptation? The the devil comes to him and he says, hey, I know you're hungry. Why don't you take one of those those stones right there and out in that Judean wilderness, they have these limestones that literally look like little loaves of bread. He says, why don't you take one of those lime, one of those stones and turn it into bread? And remember how Jesus responded? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God's mouth. Now, those weren't just pretty words. They were reality words. Jesus was speaking of the reality that he was experiencing in that time of fasting, that his soul and spirit were being strengthened by the Holy Spirit and by meditating upon the word of God. That although he wasn't eating physically, he was continually meditating upon and ingesting the life-giving word of God in Scripture. So fasting doesn't just connect us and bring us closer to God, but it results in spiritual strength and breakthrough. We also see an example of this in the life of the children of Israel where God commanded them to fast in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 before going out into battle. 
which seems really counterintuitive if you are counter you know productive if you think about it because you know you need food for fuel you need fuel for strength but god was calling the army to fast and by obeying the instruction they were acknowledging that the battle belonged to the lord you see fasting catch this is not just, it's not an act of willpower, but it's a declaration of weakness. Let me say that again. Fasting is not an act of willpower. It's a declaration of weakness. It's not merely denying the body of food, but fasting is a confession of our utter dependency upon God and his grace. And that's why God was calling the the army to fast before going into battle. He wanted them to realize that, and God gave them a great victory. So number one, fasting can lead to spiritual victory and breakthrough in your life, as well as sometimes in the life of the people you are actually praying for. Here's number two. Fasting can lead to spiritual direction. We see an example of this in Acts chapter 13. It says, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And catch this, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Now I want you to catch that, that fasting was a part of their worship. Fasting was a part of their ministering to the Lord. Notice they weren't ministering for him. They were ministering to him. That's what worship is. And fasting was a part of that. And it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them to. And so here's what happened. Out of this time of fasting, and ministering to the Lord came one of the greatest missionary movements in the history of the Christian church. That Paul and Barnabas were, would go out spreading the gospel throughout the Middle East and throughout Asia. There would be all these people that would come to Christ. All these churches would be planted. And it was born out of that time of fasting and seeking God. So fasting, the depriving of the flesh... In order to feast on God, it heightens our spiritual antenna. It makes us more sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You see, fasting is more about, I want you to catch this. It's more about saying yes to the Holy Spirit than saying no to the body. We see another example of how fasting leads to spiritual direction in the life of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is living there in Persia. He's working for the king. When he gets word of how the people in Jerusalem, because the walls of the city have been torn down, are living in fear and living in despair, and his heart gets burdened for them, and he begins to pray and fast. And out of this time of praying and fasting would come a plan. For the walls of Jerusalem to be rebuilt. God would give Nehemiah this plan. And then God would give him an opportunity to carry out the plan. And what would end up happening is the walls would be rebuilt. And the people of Israel would be led into a time of revival. And it all came out of this time of praying and fasting and seeking God that Nehemiah was doing. Daniel's another example. 
We see Daniel in Daniel chapter 9, after a time of fasting and prayer, that Daniel receives great prophetic insight concerning the last days. And he writes that for us in, in a very amazing passage in Daniel chapter 9. Moses is another example. That before receiving the Ten Commandments, Moses spent a time of fasting and seeking after God. And get this, the Ten Commandments would become the moral standard for many nations for thousands of years. And that came after a time of fasting and prayer. So fasting is beneficial for receiving spiritual insight from God as our spirit becomes more in tune with his spirit through the privilege of fasting. Here's number three. Fasting is a way of demonstrating repentance and brokenness over sin. In Joel chapter 2, we see a time in the life of the people of Israel where, they, where God called them to fast in order to demonstrate repentance and brokenness over sin. Let me read this to you. It'll be on the screen. It says, now therefore says the Lord, turn to me. Everybody say, turn to me. Turn to me with all of your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Now, the two key phrases in that passage are found in verse 12, when God says, turn to me. And then again in verse 13 when he says, return to me. And this is why these are two key. The, 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 the whole point here is spiritual connection. Coming back to God. It was God was calling them to turn from their sin, to deny their flesh, and to feast on him. And fasting was to be a demonstration of their heart attitude. In fact... It's why the Lord says in verse 13, rend your hearts, not your garments. You see, in Israel's history, as a sign of their repentance and being appalled by sin, they would often rend their garments. Or in other words, they would rip their clothes in order to tangibly you know, illustrate that, that they were appalled at their sin. But oftentimes just like with us. Oftentimes, it was just an outward sign. And oftentimes, they were simply just going through the motions where they would rip their clothes, but in reality, their hearts were still far from God, and they had no indication or no intention of, of changing or turning from their sin. So here in Joel chapter 2, God was saying, don't just go through the motions. Rend your hearts. Rip your hearts, not your garments. Turn from your sins and the way that you have been indulging your flesh. And you see, fasting is a way of doing that. It's depriving our fleshly appetites in order to increase our appetite for God. You see, fasting is an outward response to an inward cry of the soul. You know, sometimes we sing in our time of worship, Lord, you are all that we need. That's a great acknowledgement. 
But fasting is saying, Lord, you're not just all that we need. You are all that we want. And in order to tangibly demonstrate that reality, that you are all that we want, we are going to fast. We're going to deprive our fleshly appetites in order to increase our spiritual appetites. Fasting is not a statement that food or other things are bad. It's a statement that God is better. In other words, fasting is not a rejection of the many blessings that God has given to us, but it's an affirmation that the, in the ultimate sense, we prefer the giver to his gifts. That's what we're saying in fasting. Fasting is a declaration that God is enough. So we deny the flesh of food or entertainment or some other thing in order to seek God more passionately and more diligently, knowing, remembering that the Bible tells us that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And the reward is, is he rewards us with more of himself. So here's what we've learned today. Fasting is feasting on God. Fasting is more about focus than food. Fasting is not a means for seeking God's blessing. It's a means for seeking God. And the result is that our spiritual appetite is going to grow. We've also seen that fasting can lead to spiritual strength and breakthrough. That fasting is not an act of willpower, but it's a declaration of weakness. That fasting is a declaration of our spiritual dependency upon God. And the result is the denying of the flesh opens us up to the power of the Holy Spirit being made available in our lives. We've also seen that fasting can lead to spiritual direction because fasting is more about saying yes to the Holy Spirit than it is about saying no to the body. And the result of that is our spiritual antenna becomes more and more in tune with the voice of God's Spirit because we're cutting out the distractions. And then we've seen that fasting is a way of demonstrating repentance and brokenness over sin because fasting is an outward response to an inward attitude and cry of the soul. Fasting is saying outwardly, Lord, you are not just all that I need, but you are all that I want. And the result of that is the barriers between us and God in our lives are torn down and replaced by a sweetness and intimacy. Does that make sense? I want to close by giving you just a couple of tips in fasting. First of all, allow the Lord to lead you. Allow him to lead you. Pick a type of fasting. It could be a food fast. It could be an entertainment fast. It could be a social media fast. Some people do a liquid fast. This is very, very good for those who, who like to work out, where maybe you know, all they're going to eat is a smoothie, and, and they're not going to, you know, something just really, really quick, and then they're going to spend that time in seeking after God, but they still are giving themselves some you know, fuel. I know others who maybe, you know, they might just have a handful of nuts, and that's all they're going to eat you know, at, at a meal. So um, you know, pick a type of fasting, and then set a time. It might be a week 
like we're going to do in our week of prayer and fasting. If you've never fasted, I'd probably recommend to, to not try that. Maybe take a couple of days out of the week or a couple, one meal, you know, a, a day um, out, of, out of that week. But I want to encourage you to try to uh, exercise fast. But here's the thing. Here's what's really, really key is make sure in those times that you are fasting where you would have been eating or doing whatever it else that you're abstaining from, that you take that time to spend time seeking God in prayer and in the word. So that means you need to pick a quiet place to spend with God. Pick a book of the Bible that you're going to read through in those times. There's some specific verses that you want to go through. I would also recommend after each time or each day, pick one verse that you want to memorize. You just want to commit that as you, you know, come each time that you're fasting, you're meditating upon that particular verse. And then set aside some specific people and things that you want to pray about. And one thing that's really, really key to remember, if you are doing a food fast, that you drink a lot of water. Because if you don't, you're going to get dehydrated and you're going to get headaches. So very, very important um, that you drink a lot of water. Now, all of this and even more is going to be on our website under events for prayer and fasting. We've got some tips, some guidelines, and some insights that we talked about today. So I encourage you to look at that. But I tell you this, I've seen this in my own life, that as you spend time in fasting and seeking God, your appetite for God and the things of God is going to grow. And you will become spiritually strengthened and enriched. Amen?